I'm Brendan McCormack, and welcome to the Perth FitFam podcast, where you get to hear from the best thought leaders and change makers from across the Perth fitness scene. In episode 30 of the Perth FitFam podcast, we catch up with Perth Marathon champion running, running, running Rochelle, Rochelle Rogers. She's straight off the back of her win last weekend at the Bridges Fun Run, which was in Perth City, and also off the back of an outstanding performance of win earlier in the year at the Tokyo Marathon, obviously in Japan. We chat about Rochelle's wins both over the weekend and in Japan, how she trains and programs for marathon running, nutrition and preparing for a run, so obviously we talk about pizza, and how to train for the HBF run. So any of those of you out there that are looking at doing the HBF run, hopefully get some good insights out of this, or also anyone who's just after better mental performance. Today's podcast is sponsored by Fit College Western Australia. Become fitness career fit with the leaders in fitness education and training here in Perth, Fit College. Study on campus at one of their three locations across Perth, 15 in Australia, as well as via the flexibility of the Manage Online course. Become a personal trainer and turn that passion for fitness into an amazing career opportunity. Mention Perth Fit Fam to save over $1,500 off your courses and receive free professional fitness insurance with your enrollment. All you got to do is head to fitcollege.edu.au forward slash Perth Fit Fam and download the course info pack for everything you need to know. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Healthy Power Meals. Healthy Power Meals is owned by professional athlete and mum of three, Vesna Spasevsky. Vesna has designed a range of fresh, that means 100% non-frozen meals using local organic produce from their farm located in Wanneroo, wherever possible. Healthy Power Meals are suitable for everybody. That means women, men, children, athletes, and families. They're nutritious and convenient, not to mention delicious. I uh, eat them myself. Grab-and-go meals, which can be tailored and customized to your needs and goals. To take the hassle out of your meal prep, head to healthypowermeals.com.au and enter the code PERFITFAM10 for your exclusive 10% PERFITFAM discount. And last but not least, the PERFITFAM podcast is brought to you by True Protein. True is unafraid to cut through the noise of an oversaturated market and break the mold to deliver authentic, all-natural products with genuine health benefits and none of the fake stuff. True Protein bucked the trend for expensive, overhyped, bad-tasting supplements and protein powders packed with false promises to reinvent the marketplace and create 100% natural, delicious quality supplements with no gimmicks, nothing artificial, and a completely transparent ingredient list. To shop for True Protein, head to trueprotein.com and use the code PERTHFITFAM10 for an exclusive PERTHFITFAM discount. True Protein can also be purchased from a local retailer right here in Perth. So if you'd like to find the closest retailer to you, feel free to send us a message and we'll point you in the right direction. That's all from our sponsors. We hope you enjoy the podcast. The coffee now too. Yeah, I was like, oh, I hope they're going to let us film, number one. And then number two, I'm just going to buy something, whether I eat it or not. Just so I didn't feel guilty. I'm sure you'll look at it and then you'll demolish the whole thing afterwards. Yeah. And then try and not get it on my headphones. All right. Podcast. 03030. Rochelle Rogers. Congratulations for your efforts on the weekend. Thank you. You just got another first place in the Bridges Fun Run. Yes, I did. Yeah. And we were chatting before. So that was a 10K race. So my... My interpretation was that that would have been just like a warm-up race for you, but you said it was really, really hard. Oh, absolutely. I think a marathon is more of a warm-up race because you've got 42 kilometres to get comfortable. Yep. Where 10Ks, it's just, yeah, the gun goes and you go. What was the turnout like? 
Um, I think they had 2,000 competitors and that was like completely sold out. So yeah, it was a good turnout. Yeah, actually I saw that it sold out. What's, because with the, a lot of the stuff I do is in the, you know, the strength sports stuff. So, you know, your bodybuilding, CrossFit, powerlifting, that sort of stuff. Um, what's the community like, like, like the local running community? The running community is great. Like everybody's always super supportive of one another and everybody generally will have their training groups where we all train together and we're all striving to do our best and then come race day you just head down bum up doesn't matter who you are what you are you you run and then at the end everybody's supportive like again and we always wait for the last competitor to cross the line so do they train like you said they're training groups do they train in gyms or at specific locate um at specific facilities or is it more of like a casual like there's a running group or something like that yeah there's lots of different like community running groups um like there's obviously the group that I train with and then you'll see lots of other community groups are for example another one's called Perth Urban Runners Mm -hmm. um yep uh there'll be other training groups Perth uh Running Club is another one and I run for Front Runner Sports so there's lots of different clubs and they'll have a big community within those clubs so Front Runner Sports um I can go down on a a Thursday night and train with my 15 guys but there might be 70 other people there as well training by their own sort of distance or level of sport yeah i find it fascinating any niche that i delve into from an outside point of view that people probably think oh yeah there's probably a few people that do this like you know whether whether it's crossfit or whatever but as soon as you delve into the niche there's like thousands of people there's Mm. it's always the same structure there's always personalities politics there's always so many things within every niche that you go through yeah absolutely um now give us a little bit of an intro about you and your background so so what do you do what what have you achieved um okay well i've been running since the age of eight so i grew up doing little athletics which most kids um do and i finished that when i was about 17 and got into senior athletics and got my first coach and then since then i've just continued to run um, started off with the 5,000s and the 10,000s on the track and then delved into the half marathons and then the marathons later on. Um, so that's kind of my running background as I've matured, um, you know, finished high school, gone into my first job, done my diplomas, done my little degrees. I've um, ended up working in uh, the running scene, so working for Running Warehouse Australia, which is an online business um, and we have a retail store. So I've kind of, yeah, like giving back to the sport and helping other people achieve their goals as well. How old, were you, how old were you when you started doing the 5 and 10Ks? I was probably about 17, 18. So, so towards the end or after school? Yeah, definitely. Did you kill cross country in school? I hate cross country. Like oh, really? I, yeah, I Isn't it the same thing? It is so hard. It's completely different. To me, cross country is like orienteering. Like it's just you're running through the grass, you're running through the hills. Like, it's, that's just not for me. Like, I just, yeah, flat and fast. Like, I love the track, I love the road, I love the footpath, but throw me on a grass oval, I am hopeless. Um, now, you, your sister, Candice Orp, I've got to give her a quick shout-out because she's well-known within the CrossFit space. Yeah. Was she a runner as a kid too? Yeah, so she did little athletics as well growing up. Um, we both did, yeah, little athletics and tennis were, like, both of our sports. And, um, unfortunately, I was a bit of a John McEnroe, so I gave up tennis when I was about 15 and continued on with my running. So you threw tanties? Oh, absolutely. Got suspended, <laughs> you know, got thrown off the court. I was horrendous. I was a terrible teenager. Um, where Candice was really good at tennis, so she continued to do that, and I, yeah, continued to run. So That's so funny. I, I would really like to see footage of you throwing your racket. Oh, I think, yeah, there was a few rackets thrown, a few balls smashed over the fences, yeah, <laughs> a few walk off the courts. <laughs> do you still do that now running or are you like a lot more chill? Um, I find running really therapeutic, but I do hate to lose. So when it comes down to crunch time, if there's somebody there, I do get super competitive and I do get that like real angry, feisty 
personality back. Oh, I love it. So, um, someone saw my post last night and, and asked um, about the podcast and asked that we were catching up. So, I'm not going to disclose who it is. They're not from the running scene, but they knew who you were because they're friends in the running scene. And so, you're going to love this because okay. of your competitive nature. Yep. So, her friend had a nickname called the Roger Dodger. Because she would not go in races that you were in because she didn't want to lose. Okay. <laughs> I, I'll take that as a compliment. Okay. Yeah, I, I, yep, I, I haven't heard that. No, nah, I thought it was wicked. So, shout out to the Roger Dodger. I'm not sure who they are. Um, now, you in February, you went to um, Japan and you won one of the marathons there. Yeah. Um, so, first of all, tell us about that. And, and just out of my own interest, you didn't just win. You beat all the male athletes as well, didn't you? Um, I came in the top like 30 so I think I placed 24th overall okay so it was the top out of the female athletes yes I won the female category yep okay awesome so tell us a little bit about that experience because it looked wicked and that's that's a really high-end sort of race to win for you as well isn't it oh absolutely so um the Japanese running scene is phenomenal like you it's hard to explain unless you go and you see it for yourself so um, between December and February, every single weekend, they will hold a marathon in different cities. Um, Tokyo being the biggest one of the season. Um, that's one of the big seven marathons. But Shizuoka is where I went this year. Um, and there was still 15,000 competitors at a local marathon. That's incredible. Yeah, so we wouldn't we wouldn't even get that here in our biggest marathon, which is um, like Melbourne or Gold Coast. Um, so, yeah, went to Japan um, with like, She's a worker in mind because my coach um, had previous athletes who had gone and had run well, and it's a flat course which suits me quite well. Um, yeah, and knocked nine minutes off my previous time. So back in 2017, I did the Tokyo Marathon and I ran my PB then, which was 2:43. Um, and then, yeah, two years later, go back to Japan and knock another nine minutes off to 2:34. How'd you knock nine minutes off? Um, I just woke up feeling really confident and fresh and happy with where I was like I went into the race wanting to run 239.59 I just wanted to crack two hours 40 um and whilst I was running I just I knew I was running too fast but every time I slowed down I felt like I just kept picking it up naturally so I kind of just went with it um and yeah I was waiting for that point where my body was going to say no more like that's it you've hit the wall you're done but it just never came and I think the last couple of k's were um at least 15 seconds quicker than what I'd planned to be running to begin with so 42 k's is a long time is a long distance for you. It's not an ultra long time for the average person. It's very long. Yeah. What goes through your mind through 42 k's? Like what keeps you going? Like it's, um, it's a long time when you're when you're in your own thoughts. Yeah. Like I, I use a lot of um, like I think about a lot of other athletes that have run that distance and like the things that they've gone through in life as well. So my previous coach um, John Gilmore, who passed away at 99, like I take into account like all the hard work that he put into his running because he was a prisoner of war and he used to run blind and just how humble he was and how yeah lovely he was and what he did for me with my sport so I think about what he's achieved um but then I also um yeah just think about all the hard work that I've been doing and never ever give up really like you just can just push your body as far as it can go and just see what happens so yeah um, I just yeah like to just just grit it out um physical versus mental what's the hardest part for you I think, like, towards the back end, if you're physically tired, it's mentally tough. Yeah. Um, but if you're physically okay, then, like, I don't think either of them... Like, for me, it's quite therapeutic. I really enjoy it, so... So, with your training, um, in, in seeing you run the 21K, seeing you run the 42Ks, how much distance will you run in a general training session? Or does that vary depending on what's coming up? Yeah, it varies. So... 
I will run on average, like in a 12 week period, 150 to 160 kilometers a week. So that's broken down into different sorts of types of runs. Sunday being our longest run, which is anywhere from 34 to I think the longest was 38 that I did. Yep. Um, but yeah, like I'll do lots of double days. Some days it might be a single day, but then it's 20Ks. It just depends what's on my program. Um, how do you pull up after doing like a Sunday run where you run 38Ks? Oh, like I'm tired and I'm fatigued and I'm sore, but I know like when I get up and go for my run the next day, like even though it's hard, like it's going to shake out all the, the shit really that I've just put into my legs. So, I mean, you kind of get used to it. Like when you're first starting to do marathon trainings and you're not sure about the sport, like, yeah, it's tough. But then once you've done a few and you get into that routine, your body just adjusts and it's just like another run. I just want to have a quick shout out to um, Shannon Daly, who's an obstacle course racer. He posted that he was really happy. He's a runner. Yeah. So he's a, a different kind of runner, yep. obviously. But he was very excited, and he should be, to do a 100K week and you do 150 to 160. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yep. that's insane. Um, so putting that in perspective, so I've done a lot of work with um, a personal training company, uh, the education company Fit College. Yeah. And last year we had the True Grit, which is another obstacle course race. Yeah. They had an 11K and they had a 5K. And I know a lot of the students were still freaked out about doing the 5K. Yeah. Um, because that seemed to be such a long distance. Yeah. Um, and it is. It is a long way. 5K? Yeah. Like, really? For the average runner, like 5Ks, that's, that's, that's a long way. Yeah. Do you deal with a lot of beginners? Yeah. So I've got my own like coaching group and um, yeah, like I deal with beginner runners um, through to ladies who have been doing it for a few years that do marathons now. And yeah, like 5Ks in the beginning, like if, you have, if you're not a runner and you are more into that gym sort of scene, yeah, 5Ks is, yeah, it's a long way. So kudos to anyone that can do 5Ks. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's a really, really good perspective. Yeah. I, I probably, um, I probably wasn't as nice <laughs> the way I approached it. Um, so I, I'm a big fan of getting out of your comfort zone and doing something that um, it's either not your normal, it's going to be challenging, but it's going to be rewarding at the end. So we know yep. that HBF is coming up and um, I'll probably jump in the gun. I didn't ask, but I'm assuming that you're probably going to be an ambassador for them again. Yeah, yeah. They've asked me to just jump on board again. So, yep. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So I, I did my first one three years ago. Where, yep. I, where I jumped in and I did 12K. And I hadn't run more than 3K, which was probably back in high school. Yeah. Um, so for me, like, that was quite an experience. Yeah. And then last year I went on and did the 21. I've done a 12-hour race since then. I've done a 21 obstacle course race yep. since then. Um, so what's your advice to these people that, that 5K or there'll be a 4K there? Um, what's your advice to getting in and doing it and trying something new? Oh, like I would absolutely say yes. I mean, until you start training for something, you're not going to know what the process is and how scary it's going to be. But yeah, throw yourself in the deep end, give it a shot and just be mindful that when you're training for it, that you don't go from doing nothing to 4K straight away, like build for it slowly, yeah. um, just 10% at a time and take it easy and take it for what it is and don't set a goal that isn't achievable. So if you just want to run 4Ks, like that's your goal. You shouldn't have a time in mind. You shouldn't have a pace in mind, just that finish line and that medal. Yeah, and I think when you get to the end, there's something like so f satisfactory about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a we good feeling. And and everyone goes through the mental challenges as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, everybody. So I want to going back to your training for a little bit because I want to talk about your training, your nutrition. Um, it's actually fitting that we have a anyone who's watching a video, we have a pizza sitting in front of us. Anyone who's not, we have a pre race pizza meal right us. there. Yeah. So that, yep. I wanted to chat to you about, which we'll come back later. So um, talking about your training and prepping up for a race. Um, 
when you get in for a race, do you, you go through like a progressive overload um, overload stage where you, you build up a tolerance to the distance you're running, you increase your speeds that you're doing? How do you train coming into a race and how can someone who's not at your level apply that to themselves? Yeah, um, so yeah, like a general, for example, like a general marathon program should be 12 weeks or three months. Um, and yeah, obviously your first week is not going to be as many Ks as your like 10th week and your 12th week isn't going to be as many Ks as your first week. So it is very different and we generally build up nice and slowly. Like we might start um, with just single days for two weeks and then start building double days for another two weeks. And then after those double days, throw in a few gym sessions and things like that as well. Um, yeah, it's all about just that slow build on that upwards climb and then obviously tapering back and letting the body recover so that you like, come race day, you're, you're fresh again because you do wear yourself out quite a lot. Yeah, how do you handle that on your joints and your knees? Is there any injuries which are common? That's my favourite question. <laughs> <laughs> my knees do not get sore. They don't? Um, no, so I mean generally those sort of injuries come down to your technique. So if you've got poor technique, then obviously other areas of your body are going to fail and knees should only absorb 20% of the impact when we're running. So if they're getting sore, it's obviously something further up the chain, generally like weak glutes, weak hips, core strength, hamstrings, quads, things like that that are going to you know, make your knees slightly sore than what they could be. Um, do you work with a physio or chiros or anything to stay in check or massage? Um, I'm pretty bad on that side of things. Like I haven't had a massage since Japan and I don't think I had a massage like six weeks before Japan. I do have like a physio that I go and see um, on a weekly basis if I am sore, um, like life ready physio in Coburn. So I go okay. see Jacob there. He looks after me. Um, but then I've also got like a strength and conditioning coach, um, Kate Locken. She like if I need something after a strength session, she notices I'm a little bit tight somewhere. She might just, you know, do a bit of acupuncture on me and things like that. Um, and what do you do for strength and conditioning? Like what are you, what are you doing strength and conditioning? And do, do you, like what sort of weights do you train at? What exercises do you do so it doesn't impact your body? So you're not in like, you're not in like a muscle broken down recovery yeah. stage because that's obviously going to affect your running. Yeah. Um, so I would do strength on a Monday, which is a triple training day when I'm in full training. So triple? Yep. So get up early in the morning and go for, say, like a 40-minute jog and then head straight to the gym. So I've already got a little bit of tired and fatigue in my legs. And Kate will generally get me doing, say, like four warm-up activation sort of exercises with like the bands. Um, might do some like bench hip thrusters, walking lunges, things like that. And then the session would be like squats, deadlifts, um, lat pull downs, always calf raises. So like that's just non-negotiable. Like there's always calf raises in my program. Yeah, single leg deadlifts, um, pull-ups, things like that. Mm -hmm. Just, yeah, general specific exercises that are for endurance-based athletes. So, you know, we'll go easy on the way up and then snap it on the way down or reverse it, depending. What sort of rep ranges do you work within? Um, so we'll do generally three sets of everything and no more than 10. Okay. But then, for example, today, like after racing yesterday, um, I did my general program, but we just did four sets of four. Yep. So I kept it like same volume, but like lighter amount of reps on the body. So a lot of the focus comes on onto like glute strength. Yep, as absolutely. Well. Why is that? And is that a common issue? Well, in the back end of a marathon, say when you get to say 32, 34 Ks, that's when we're tired, that's when we're fatiguing. And if we don't have strong glutes or even a strong core, we start to sit down like just naturally through our back. And that's when like your knee pain will start to occur because if we're sitting down, then our knees are going to start to knock and we get all those sort of hip rotations. So yeah, like core and like glutes are definitely like super important. 
Yeah, I found, and that was a selfish question I asked for myself. So I've, I've rung out my patella tendon mm-hmm. um, doing squats and I've been doing physio uh, on that recently. But even doing a run yesterday, it was about a 7K trail run, is um, my knees were fine, but my lower back really started. Like you can feel the yeah. fatigue and your posture's not great. Yep. And you're kind of struggling going up hills and down rocks and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, is that a common thing that you find in runners? Like that lower back sort of thing? That lower back, yeah. I mean, if you're quite weak through the core of your glutes, like your lower back, even if you go to bed at night time and you're laying down trying to sleep, like your lower back will just, yeah, ache. And you kind of know that's when you need to start doing more strength work. Yeah. And to be honest, like that's happened to me in the past. Like I've maybe got a little bit lazy with my strength sessions, like been busy and just like miss one or two here or there. And like, yeah, you go to sleep at night and you're like, oh, my back's a bit sore. Like got to get back onto it. So, yeah. Now... Last time we caught up, I think it was before a HPF a couple of years ago, and you gave some nutrition tips. Yeah, I think that was like maybe three years ago. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, actually. like when it was your first HPF. Yeah, yeah. my first HPF, yeah. And um, <laughs> you spoke about pizza, which I'll come back to the pizza. Yeah. Um, now, how do you look at your nutrition? How, how, how do you eat? Do you follow a macros plan? Have you ever done a keto diet? All that sort of stuff. We'll start from the start though. So yep. what's, the, what's the basis of your nutrition? How do you decide what to eat? Today, not very good. Um, <laughs> because I raced yesterday, so I deserve this hedgehog. Yes. Um, no, generally, um, I just, I saw a, like a dietitian because I was eating like volume of food, but I probably wasn't putting in the right sort of energy. So I don't follow like a keto diet. I don't follow like block. I'm not really too familiar with them because I don't, look into them too much but for me like every meal that I eat has to have like your proteins your fats and your carbs um and I will eat like breakfast snacks lunch snacks dinner dessert like all the time you're burning a lot of calories so you, you can you can eat volume of food and you're obviously yep. extremely lean as well so, yep. so you don't ever count calories or anything like that no I don't count calories I eat quite naturally like when I'm focused on my diet like I notice, like, because I'm cooking with a lot more whole foods and natural foods, like, it just naturally cuts out all of those bad sugars. So, um, in the first couple of weeks when I'm really focused in the start of a new program, like, I can get quite tired. But then after three weeks, my body's adjusted and, like, I'm, I'm back on top of everything. And I feel, yeah, like, better eating healthier than when I'm not. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing that you know. So, do, do you still eat, like, gluten and pastas and that sort of stuff? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Pasta is probably a dinner that I'll have like at least two or three times a night or a week, sorry, um, a night. Jeez, imagine that. That's a lot. Yeah. No, um, two or three times a week I'll have, yeah, definitely like pasta and then um, every Saturday night before a Sunday long run, yeah, Hawaiian pizza, which you managed to order today. Oh, um, excellent. Yep. So that's my Sunday long run like meal and also pre-race meal as well. Do you, have you ever gone like ultra clean where you cut out that stuff and do you notice a difference? Nah, I've always just like try to generally just eat healthy yes um, and be mindful of what I'm eating and what I'm putting into my body but I've never really followed anything too strict now on the keto side of stuff have you have you ever experienced have you ever done anything like that no never so I got a golden question for you then do do you know any elite or top runner that follows a keto or high fat diet no like Candace obviously being in the CrossFit scene she does a few different things here and there she and follows I, her macros yeah like, like and that's probably like the most that I ever hear about it. And it's probably more in that sort of, yeah, gym CrossFit scene. Like runners, we like finish our Sunday long run and we go straight to that coffee shop for a muffin and a coffee. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sort of, the reason why... It's just really different. Yeah. Yeah. The reason why I asked was to put things in perspective. Um, 
because there was a lot of information going around a couple of years ago about um, ultramarathon runners um, uh, following a high-fat keto diet, and this was yeah. the best way. But um, my experience with top-level athletes is that their supplement programs are usually very basic, mm. um, along with their nutrition programs. Yeah. And a lot of it comes down to the mental game and the physical performance and the training yeah. and, and, and that side of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So the only supplement that I take is um, I put pea protein in my smoothies at lunchtime. Yep. Like, that's it. Just get that protein down. Yeah, like, don't take any other, like, yeah, no pre-workouts, no post-workouts, just protein in my, yeah, shakes at lunchtime. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yep. So simple. Um, now, um, again, like, I, I guess the timing of doing this works out perfect with coming up to the HPF. And so I really want people who aren't from the running scene um, to be able to get some insight from you. So what would be your top advice? Because I think we're... It's coming close. It must be like four weeks away. That'll be like April. It's like the 27th or something of May. Yeah. It's all right. Like at least like six weeks away. Six weeks away. We've got six weeks to train. So we're six weeks away. Someone decides, yeah, I want to try something new. I want to give this running thing a go. Yep. They've got six weeks to prep up for it. Yep. What's, what's your advice for the next six weeks? Um. Don't set yourself a goal that's unachievable. Like that's probably the biggest thing that I tell any new runner or even like somebody who does run a lot and just regular like just decides to randomly sign up for something. Like don't set yourself an unachievable goal because you're only going to come out of it disappointed. Um, and then also find a program that's going to suit your lifestyle and your needs. So like if you're a mum of two kids, like you're not going to be able to train seven days a week. Like that's just going to be super impossible. So you need to be able to find a program that's going to be manageable around your your children and your lifestyle um, and, and even for work like those that work five days a week nine to five like just fitting in the training um, when it's like applicable to you without overdoing it as well because you need to also make sure you're getting the sleep to be able to recover to train so yeah basic program like if you, you're not a runner like maybe get up go for a run Monday Wednesday Friday and then you're giving your body like that 24 48 hours recovery in between how much is overtraining because that, if that's three days a week of yeah. doing running um, if someone is generally a gym goer and yep. they still want to do that, how much can they run? It, and I guess it, it depends on the person. Yeah, I think it depends on the person's like height and their weight as well. Like a heavier person that maybe doesn't run as much shouldn't probably do more than three days a week. Um, but say somebody who's maybe a little bit leaner and a little bit um, more lighter on their toes could probably stretch it out to like maybe four. But I think like generally like three days for a beginner is a good enough like training program to build some fitness over six weeks how much do you train just out of curiosity i don't um, think i don't think you gave us days so there's seven days in the week so there's 14 opportunities to go for 14 runs and i will run 11 of those okay and is that how you look at it like blocks so you might double up some days but some days you might just not run at all yeah so for example like monday is a double run day with the gym session so that's my triple training day tuesdays is uh, a double run day so morning run easy and then track in the afternoon mm-hmm. wednesday is single run day but that's like a midweek long run um thursday morning run and then a session in the arvo friday double run day saturday morning training session gym then an easy run and yep. then sunday long run there you go extremely active yeah don't stop <laughs> like i don't have much time to do anything else to be completely honest yeah that's <laughs> yep. well you love it yeah no it's good and then yeah work obviously full time in between that 
Yep. What are you doing for work at the moment? So I work at Running Warehouse um, in okay. Myre as their retail operations manager. Yep. Yes. Do some online stuff for them as well. Wicked. Now, on the flip side of that, um, and I know that this isn't exactly your field, but it's still within the same instance. So prepping up for a 24-hour race. Mm -hmm. It's um, a long way. Yeah. It's, it's a, a long it's, time. So it's about 100K. Yep. Um, for me in 24 hours. Um, so using the same progressive overload principles, so starting off with like 7K runs and building up from there. Yeah. What would be your advice running-wise, but also physically preparing for it? Um, running-wise, like you're not going to be wanting to run like the full 24 hours or the full 100Ks before you actually do the event because that's just going to make it physically impossible for you to do the event when it comes to it. So doing 80% of the training that you need to do to get to that distance is generally like the rule I would look at. So when you're training, obviously you're not going to be able to run for 20 hours or you're not going to be able to run for 18 hours straight to get that training done. So to break it up into like two lots, so maybe go for a five-hour run in the morning as your Sunday long run, for example, and back it up that same day with maybe like another two-hour run at night time and you're going to be able to get your, your hours in like that. Or I know a few guys in the past that have done like the same sort of races. They'll drop their kids off at school at eight o'clock in the morning, set off for their run, finish running when they pick up their kids from school in the afternoon if you've got the time to be able to do that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, like, eventually, like, that's where you're probably going to want to get to with your training, but not until, like, you're at least a month out. When you said, when you say if you do the 100K in 24 hours, you won't be able to do the race, is that physically, from a recovery point, is that more of a mentally, it's actually going to be, like, pretty hard mentally to do and you won't Oh, no, mentally, again? you're going to know that you're going to be able to do it. It's just okay. physically, your body's just going to be tired like obviously you want to train and you want to learn to run on like tired and heavy legs but there's no possible way of yeah doing 100ks week in week out week in week out yeah 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 okay your body cool. needs to recover your muscles need to re like relax yeah and you're going to need to have those easy runs in with those hard runs as well yeah so easy runs like they're going to put time on the legs but they're going to allow the body to recover as well so with all this running that you do what do you do to recover for me personally personally yep. like recovery is like a 30 minute jog in the mornings that's just flushing out all the gunk from the legs from the speed sessions the night before. Okay, so yep. no, no ice baths? No, nah, like I said, I'm pretty bad with all that sort of stuff. <laughs> I love it. Recover <laughs> from running with more running. Now, if somebody wants to catch up with you, yep. or, or sorry, talking about programs and where to get programs from, yep. and I know people just love programs. They mm -hmm. don't want to think about it. Um, so where's the best place to get programs from? Uh, so you can like PM me or DM me on my uh, Yes I Can training Instagram page. Yes. So uh, that's the name of my training I didn't group. know that that was yours. Yeah. I actually didn't know that that was yeah. yours. There you go. Super positive. Yes, I can. Oh, awesome. Yep. I love it. Just like randomly came up with a name. Um, yes. But yeah, yes, I can training on Instagram or DM me like Running Rogers um, as well. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Rochelle, thank you so much. Appreciate it. No worries. Good luck uh, in the HBF. Thank you. That's a wrap for today's episode. If you like what you heard, we would love it if you head to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. And remember to keep on tagging us in your Instagram stories. We'd love to see screenshots of you guys listening to the podcast. And as always, stay tuned for more of the Perth Fitness in the Calm.